0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: On the ABC Listen app, your smart speaker, and on AM radio.
0: This
2: is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria.
3: Regional newspapers. Now, they can be the beating heart of their communities. A a written record uh, of news and events, births and deaths, the highs and the lows, And, and many of them can trace their printing way back to the 1800s. They're a true living history. So what does the future look like? for regional newspapers. Now, my name is Nick Healy. I'm filling in for Rochelle this week. And maybe your local, maybe your regional paper is the Herald or the Leader or the Star or the Gazette or the Times or the News or the Courier or the Telegraph. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Kyabram for having the Kyabram Free Press, which I think is a fantastic name for a paper. Whatever it's called, whether it's daily, weekly, anything in between, the promise of a local paper is that the staff... The editors, the writers, the photographers, everyone, they have an insight and an understanding and even a passion for their community. But the way we get news has changed significantly and across the board, print is having a hard time. How does a local paper stay relevant? How does it stay viable? And how does it stay with its community? Today, you're going to hear from people who are working towards that, but I want to hear from you. Tell me about your local paper. Tell me what it means to you and your community and if your paper isn't around anymore then I definitely want to hear from you what has been the impact of that
1: on the ABC listen app your smart speaker and on AM radio
3: this is the conversation hour on ABC radio Melbourne and Victoria country press Australia it's a network of regional media outlets from right around the country and the CPA represents those various papers on an industry level. Now, Andrew Schreyer is the president of the CPA. He's also the GM of the Warrigal Regional Newspapers, who publish the Warrigal and Druin Gazette. Andrew, good morning to you. Uh,
0: morning, Nick. Pleased to be with you.
3: Look, a couple of years back, and I am talking about during that pandemic period, it, it felt like right across Australia regional newspapers are dropping like flies. I think I did more than a few interviews and wrote more than a few articles myself on that very topic. What's the situation like now? Yeah, um, Nick, it's it's a state-by-state
0: proposition at the moment. Different states are doing quite well and even down to different areas are doing better than others. Um, In Victoria, um, we have a... A commitment from the state government to do a page a week in every regional newspaper. So, Victoria is the healthiest state, um, and other states are, you know, New South Wales particularly is is finding things pretty tough. Um, Queensland and South Australia are, are slightly behind as well. So, um, the commitment for Victoria has has really strengthened um, Victorian papers and the closures in Victoria. Um, uh there's not as many as there are in the other states. So we're we're very lucky down here.
3: Andrew, a page a week can make such a difference. Maybe maybe we should talk a little bit about the business model of regional papers. So for example, if I if I walk into a news agency, grab a gazette and pop down my two bucks fifty, what does that cover in terms of the paper?
0: Yeah, so the traditional business model and there are free papers as well, but if I um speak to the paid papers like our Gazette mm. here in Warragul. Um, the business model traditionally has been advertising and the cover price pays for journalism. And that's being challenged because there's more competitors in the advertising space at the moment, you know, the digital platforms, etc. cetera. Um, there's just more... There's more hands in the pot as far as advertising goes. And cover price is important but not as important as advertising and in the case of free papers it's all advertising so yeah if we're struggling to get advertising we're we're struggling to put um editorial resources into producing a quality product now in the case of our 230 member mastheads uh, we're all independent publishers and um and people people are Are battling. They're they're producing amazing products with limited resources, and we just need a bit of support uh, at the moment. In
3: 2022, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a lot of buzz around that newsroom sustainability and digital transformation fund that was meant to be a bit of a a cash injection from Facebook owners Meta. Did that make a difference at all?
0: Oh, talking about the mandatory code, yeah. So, um. Country Press Australia has has agreements with with the, with um, Google and, and Meta, mm. um, and Google really is a is a payment for content. So we still need to put, be producing content. Um, it has helped. There is it has definitely helped. Um, we really just need some support from the federal government now, and in Queensland and South Australia, they need some support, uh, and New South Wales needs some supports from the state government. But in 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 across the country, we need really we need the federal government to step up and um, and put a page a week in every regional paper, um, just to sustain regional
3: journalism. Um, what have you been campaigning for? that? Has the CPA, CPA been out to the federal government on topics like this?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're we're working hard uh, with Minister Rowland, the Communications Minister, to uh, work towards a commitment. Um, there's just been a recent announcement of a, another sort of round of consultation with the industry as in the news, it's called News Map, so it's the News Media Assistance Program. And um, we've got to all just put, it, put our case forward again as to how valuable we are. And we know we're valuable. Um, we're the fabric of our communities um, and we represent media diversity. And we really need to... Um, put our case forward again to get some support. We're also asking, in addition to the full page of government advertising, we're after a tax rebate of 25% of journal costs um, for eligible publishers and that's a model that's in place in Canada and it's working really well and also some cadetship funding so we can uh, employ uh, young journos um, that, um, for the future.
3: Why does it matter that we get those young journo's starting?
0: It's so important. It's it's really hard to attract journo's to the industry.
3: Mm. Um,
0: there's there's other jobs they can do, quite honestly, and they can you know they can work in PR jobs and probably get paid um, a few more bucks. Um, and it is hard to get to get to get journo's. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a great. It's a great career. It's it's exciting and fast paced, and it is hard to attract them.
3: What I guess. What can a regional newspaper then offer to make it more attractive?
0: Well, I think as a as a journo, when you're trained, you, you're trained to in ethics and um, and tra- and trying to. Uh, look after communities and, you know, write, good, write interesting stories and follow the news and be, be fast-paced. And that's not really available in a PR job, so we're offering on-the-job training. And it is quite exciting, a lot of the stories that journalists cover in regional papers.
3: It, look, I guess that's what I wanted to talk about is why regional paper matters so much. And I know from talking to... um. Uh Look some community members many will say that when it comes to a regional paper they're for example the last people willing to go through council papers or sit through a council meeting and report on what matters to that community
0: yeah well papers papers yeah all our all our member papers do that they 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 sit in a council meeting and without a local paper who's going to do that who's going to hold uh, the powerful to account and who's going to provide a voice to those who would otherwise go unheard you know um it really is a loss of a newspaper is a threat to democracy and without the local paper who's going to be covering the types of issues that 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 we cover every every day
3: Andrew you mentioned earlier of course that regional papers offer media diversity why does that matter
0: Uh, media diversity is really important because it um without you know, a variety of of owners and a variety of topics. You're going to be subject to um, so-called news through social media, um, which does lead to low media literacy. Um, it's not quality journalism. It's not it's not trusted. It's not written by professionals. And all our journo's subscribe to a code of conduct and um, operate independently and without any influence and um, that's what we offer as a as an industry
3: yeah andrew i'm also thinking about the work that local paper that local knowledge means when we're talking about floods fires disasters i mean i guess what where do papers come into bonding a community when there's a crisis
0: yeah, when when there's a crisis, like for example, a flood or a fire or or COVID, or I mean, uh, many of our proprietors, um, we we didn't have a lot of advertising over that period. And if there is a flood or a fire, businesses often aren't around to advertise. So at, at a time when our journalism is um, is is at its is in its greatest demand, our advertising is at its lowest and it, it was seen during COVID and I know the floods up in central Victoria impacted the um, publishers up there as well with limited advertising but just they just support their communities, they're independent family operators and they they do it themselves and they employ staff to get out there and cover the issues and support their communities.
3: You mentioned a few things that CPA, the, the Country Press Australia, has been working on, looking at sort of getting that federal government support. Andrew, you talked about the support that's coming from the Victorian state government and why Victorian papers are in maybe a bit of a healthier state than some of the other, um, uh, other ones right around the country. What happens if we don't get that additional support? How long have many regional papers got?
0: Yeah, there's it it is market by market. Um I'd say that in the next six months if we don't see some support you could see, you know, thirty or forty papers gone. And that's um that's not trying to overstate the the issue, but there's federal government advertising is, is at its lowest level um that I can recall in my time in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that is that 's a key driver. Government advertising is a key driver. if we 've got strong federal government advertising, um, we 're able to plan journalism resources around that and make plans for the future. but without that, and there 's no light at the end of the tunnel uh, except that we 're all working on this news media assistance program submission um, to hopefully put our case forward to the government.
3: Andrew, just stepping back a bit, you know, we're talking about getting young journos in and employment. Uh, what, what's the staff of the Gazette like? How many people do you employ?
0: We've got about five journalists, um, and that includes a part-time photographer. So we've got an editor and, and, and four journos, if you like. Um, and across our network, so 230 member mastheads, we've got 485 journos. Um, so, we're the biggest employer of journalists in um, regional Australia. Um, right. By a long way, yeah. So, um, without the work those journos are doing, um, there's no doubt our communities would be worse off. So, we need to keep pushing and get the support we need to keep going. Um, I... It has been
3: tough. Yeah, I know it has been tough. It's really interesting because a little bit later this morning we are going to talk to um uh, to a journalist who got their start in that kind of regional area and get a sense of what it meant for them in a regional paper. But I mean, I, I guess my concern is regional papers maybe deserve more to be thought of than just a training ground. Um, And could, could we not see a future where they're thought of as an employer in their own right? Oh,
0: absolutely. And a, you know, Deakin Uni did a did a study into regional papers. The report was released early last year, and um, their view is that it's a great way for, um, mature, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for mature age um, people looking to get into the industry as journalists. So not just young people, but people uh-huh. who, you know, perhaps people who have um, wanted a career change or. People wanting to come back to work after starting a family. Um, it, it was it was a, a part of that report that came out that said that um, there's a real opportunity for our industry to reskill those people and and get you know 20 or 30 years um, solid solid contribution from them, plus provide them with um, income in in the regions.
3: Andrew, that's really interesting and could be a big shift. Um, thank you so much for your time this morning. Andrew Schreyer is the President of Country Press Australia. Uh, he's the GM of the Warrigal and Druin Gazette as well. Michelle's on the line from Warrigal. Michelle, good morning to you.
4: Uh, hi, yes. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a big supporter of the Warrigal Gazette. And I pick it up um, weekly. Um, but just hearing the conversation around, you know, needing government support... I'm just wondering how do you balance, you know, community interest with, you know, needing government support and whether you actually feel a bit squeezed by it. Because there are, you know, instances where there's been contradictions within the community where the government has said we're doing this and the community voices haven't really been heard.
3: Right. So you're a bit concerned that a reliance on that government advertising doesn't necessarily feel impartial?
4: Oh, God, no. No.
3: Michelle, thank you very much for that. We're talking about regional newspapers. What's your regional newspaper, your local paper, mean to you? Or if you don't have one anymore, what's been the impact of losing it? On the ABC Listen app, your smart speaker, and on AM radio.
1: This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria.
3: Nick Healy is my name. I've been filling in this week for Rochelle. I'm coming to you from Shepparton in the Goulburn Valley region of Victoria. The Lodden Herald, it's a well-known paper for its region. It was actually named Media Outlet of the Year at the 2022 Rural Press Club Awards. i got to say, it consistently takes home multiple gongs for its coverage of the community it works within. And the owner and the managing editor is Chris Earl. Chris, good morning to you. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm good. Tell me about the staffing of the Lodden Herald. Well, you're currently speaking
2: to uh, the editor, the journalist, the photographer, the advertising manager, uh, the uh, distribution manager, and I also make my own cup of tea.
3: (laughs) It's a different model from what we just heard from the Gazette just then. How did it come to be a one-man band, Chris? Well, uh, these communities
2: had been without a paper, a paper that uh, closed very early in... Uh, COVID, and I was in a, a a space where, okay, what am I going to do next? And all the schools of my career uh, came, all came back together, and the Lodden Herald was born uh, just on three years ago. Uh, so that's, that's how it started. Uh, I, it's very important for these communities to have a voice, um, mm. A voice that hadn't been there for for some time, and I was always told, uh, as a young cadet journalist, uh, quite some years ago, that uh, a newspaper does two things: it mirrors its communities, and occasionally gives a little bit of leadership if it's required. And that's how, what uh,
3: what we've set out to do ever since. How how do you make it work as a solo? Individual,
2: uh, you make it work because you're committed to uh, the future of these communities and the people in these communities. that within our circulation area, there's no one single community more than a thousand people. Uh, the population all ups uh, about seven thousand eight hundred. Uh, the area had been in decline for about 20 years, but the last census uh, has seen growth. And with some of the communities, particularly those on the quarter corridor and the proximity of those communities to Bendigo clearly show that uh, there's, there's more growth coming and, uh, and it's, it's turning. But the people in these communities, everyone has a story. And whether it's a little story or a big story, but every story is important. And we're unashamedly an old-style newspaper. So if it's the uh, local school or the hospital or the CWA or whatever organisation it is, they're all important because they're part of the fabric of country communities. And country communities uh, need to have a voice, and that's what the Lawton Herald's all about.
3: You say you're an old style paper, and it's a great way of looking at it. I guess if you weren't around, if there was no and Herald, where would those stories get told?
2: On the whole, they wouldn't, and that means that, uh, for example, uh, the last you know, each of the last three years, we've ran uh, a campaign on a, on a key local issue each year. Uh, one, uh, the first year was about childcare. The Loddon Shire was the only 100% childcare desert in Victoria. No childcare places anywhere, and that was having a huge impact on uh, the, the recruitment and retention of staff. People moving into the area and then moving out because they couldn't access childcare. Uh, we we teamed up with a group of very passionate, articulate and learned young mums and uh, was able to, um, those mums were able to achieve a commitment from both sides of the political spectrum before the last state election and as a result, um, in about another 12 months or so time, uh, there will be childcare in the Lotton Shire. the Calder Highway runs through f- three towns. Um, people uh, sometimes like to treat it more like Calder Raceway than the <laughs> Calder Highway, and that was creating hu- huge issues for the safety of uh, of local people and and visitors as well. When they're hopping out the cars to go shopping, because each of these towns has has small um, shopping strips, uh, so we kicked off a campaign to have lower speed limits and one of those towns, uh, the new signs were installed uh, just before Christmas. Another one is meant to happen uh, sometime in the next... uh, Where are we? We're up to the uh, 19th, so it's meant to happen by the end of this month. Uh, So it's, you know, stories that matter, stories that make the communities better. Uh, Stories that have an impact. Time, have an impact. And then, of course, uh, the last th- uh, three or four weeks in our, our part of the world, in the Shire, um, there was the, the Wedderburn community um, got hit not by one, not by two, but by three floods in a matter of 12 days. Uh, the first one was on Christmas Day. So because you're, you're committed to you know, the people and the communities, uh, we quickly, you know, like all small country papers, uh, we, we like to take, it, take a couple of weeks off because it's the only chance for the year. Well, it didn't quite turn out like that this summer. <laughs> um, uh, um, to You know, we did a lot of live Facebook updates and, and videos and uh, stories going up online, but uh, a couple of days after Christmas, we also put out a special edition uh, so that, Yeah, we're right there as it happened, Um, sharing the stories and ensuring that those first people uh, in Victoria to be impacted by the summer floods weren't forgotten.
3: So, Chris, on your break, you came back and you pulled together a special edition, got it out, got it printed, made sure people knew that you were there paying attention to what was happening in the community. That's right, yeah. Yeah. What's been the reaction from the community? What do they say to you? Uh, the
2: yeah, with the uh, Facebook live updates, which were uh, very much as it was happening on the ground, mm-hmm. and people were, were tuning into these. I'm not talking hundreds, I'm not talking a few thousand. Uh, the the view The views on these live updates were it was just unbelievable, and uh, because. The information was as it was happening and hours, in some cases, days ahead of what was up on, say, the big traffic website. And uh, so, yeah, what do people say, Nick? Uh, hey, I know. You're the bloke whose face I saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they just say, thanks. And, was, and look, uh, it's the, if it's helping keep people safe. Connected and informed, then, as a journalist, as a newspaper owner, that's one of the most important things that
3: we can um, hope to achieve. Chris, can you keep it going? I mean, would would more staff be helpful? Would they make it untenable? Like, is can you can you keep this happening for the future with the London Herald?
2: I'm I'm certainly hopeful that uh, the the business model is. Uh, made more sustainable and Andrew of course there before was talking about the importance of that commitment that we've had from the state government and well really the complete um, casting aside by the federal government uh, it, it's not that that funding is there to infu- or that um, advertising is there to, to influence stories or or, uh dictate what we're doing that that's a recognition that country newspapers remain the most crucial uh, way to communicate with people um, we've got to remember that a lot of these country areas have very poor mobile and internet connectivity so while the boffins in melbourne and sydney and canberra may say oh go digital it's all that's the way to go it's it's not like that in the country uh country towns still value their newspaper and uh, as andrew referenced that uh, Mm. study that was released last year by Deakin university 75 percent of country people want to pick up their local paper and it's not just the old people i'd love to tell the story nick uh one day last year was Uh, Saturday morning, just after junior cricket, uh, one of the towns, uh, his mum coming out of the supermarket, uh, doing her very best to uh, steer a supermarket trolley uh, down the footpath. Uh, She she was doing a pretty good job as the wheels were heading in all directions. But here's the two boys not helping. They've got their heads in the newspaper, in the London Herald, in the local paper. I I said, hey, excuse me, what's what's the go here? I said, uh, you know, these you know, nine, ten-year-old youngsters. I said, you know, what's 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 happening? Oh, we're just trying to see if our name got into the cricket results, and we heard you took a photo of our mate doing such and such. We we'll want to see if the photo's in. So newspapers are, are continue to engage right through all the generations, and none more so than in. Uh, country areas and hopefully uh, government at, at all levels uh, can recognise that it's, it's a credible way to get information, vital information, across in rural areas.
3: Chris Earl, thank you so much for your time this morning. Chris is Managing Editor of the Lodden Herald, and as Chris was saying, that means he's the journo, the editor, the photographer, the bottle washer, the full kit and caboodle. I want to know about your local paper this morning. If you don't have one, I'd like to know what the impact of it shutting down has been. But tell me about your local paper and what it means to your community. I've had Graham from Ballarat texting in saying, Nick, a newspaper, who reads one? They're full of self-interest advertising. Like radio, their days are numbered. Graham, thank you for tuning in for as long as we're around.
1: On the ABC Listen app, your smart speaker and on AM radio.
3: This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. My name is Nick Healy. I'm filling in for Rochelle this week. We're talking regional newspapers, what they matter to a community, what they offer and what their future looks like. Speaking to Andrew Schreyer earlier from the CPA, he was talking about the work they do to employ young journalists, uh, about the grounding they get working in regional papers and what that goes on to mean for later careers. Now, Harrison Tippett is a Geelong reporter for ABC Melbourne. He started working in community and regional newspapers in 2012, including Stint as senior reporter at the Geelong Advertiser. Harrison, good morning to you. Good morning. How good is Chris? How good is Chris? Chris is quite amazing to do all of that as a one-man band. As he said, to come back from that Christmas break and pull out a special edition unplanned of a paper to make sure the community saw that people were acknowledging the flooding that was going on. That is the kind of work you want from a regional newspaper, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and he is uh, the success story at a London Herald is one that uh, a lot of people should be aware of because it does show the value of local news.
3: What was it like for you working on a regional paper? What was the culture like?
1: Oh, I absolutely loved it there. Um, so much so that, you know, a, a typical entry into sort of regional and rural media for a lot of people from metro areas mm. is to use it as a stepping stone. So you go there, you put in a few years, learn a whole heap, then go and try and get a big job back in Melbourne. But, um, but when you get there, you, you don't realise just how fantastic a place it can be to work and how good a place it can be to actually put in a whole career, like a lot of the old hands that uh, were at the paper when I got there were doing. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got the job back at the 80 in 2016, and my plan was just that, do a few years, and then head back to Melbourne. It's eight years later, and I've started a family here and have no plans to ever go back. Um <laughs> I th- the biggest thing about working at a local paper is, like Chris is sort of at pains to point out, it's keeping your community informed. And at a sort of regional or rural paper, I, I think you're that much closer to a community. Um, you're talking about your neighbours, you know, the people who live down the road or the people who work near you. It's sort of, it's um, the accountability is always there when you're so close to the people you're reporting on or for.
3: Harrison, give me an idea of the sort of stories you worked on. Like, what what was the range of things that you would cover uh, at the Addy? <laughs>
1: There's another benefit of uh, working in uh, smaller newsrooms as well, everything. Um, you, you're doing crime and courts. I mean, this can all be on the same day as well. You can do a big political story, then you've got to cover a crime or courts or a, a disaster that's ongoing. Um, you're doing council stuff. You might have to step in and help out with sports and then... You've got to make sure, especially on the smaller papers, you've got to make sure you're doing those little community stories that, I don't know, the local community shed has something coming up that they want everyone to know about. You get those little stories in, and that means the absolute world to them. Um, mm-hmm. So it is is—it is literally anything. I mean, at the at sort of the end of my time at that paper, you're sort of writing four or five stories a day of different lengths and importance. But <laughs> there's nothing more exciting than having going to work and not knowing what you're doing and Learning a whole heap of interesting stuff every single day.
3: You mentioned before there's a sense that you know it's always a stepping stone. It was something I asked um, uh, Andrew. Is like, how do we, I guess, make people feel like a regional newspaper can be a career into itself and not just you know where you go and cut your teeth.
1: I think that's something that is really important for our industry to be selling almost to, to young journo's or people interested in media it's exactly that. It's not a stepping stone. It can be. It can be fantastic for a career because you learn so much so quickly about everything that's important about good journalism. But also, it's just, it's a fantastic career. You move to a new community and you might never leave like I did. Um, I, I think there is that sort of, that aspect for young journos that you want to go make a big, you want to be the next Nick McKenzie or <laughs> something like that. But <laughs> In reality, you you sort of get there and you learn that just doing the job is reward enough in itself sometimes, even if it is for a a smaller rural paper. There there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, and it can be just about the most fulfilling career, uh, in my opinion, that you can sort of go for.
3: And and it goes back to what I think Chris touched on, is that for many of these communities, there's stories that would not be told without a local paper there to tell them. That's right, um,
1: and I was sort of talking. I mentioned before about you know those little community groups that want to have their events included somewhere in the paper to get the word out. Um, you know, with there are papers that will be shrinking and disappearing. It's all over the country. It's probably all over the world. Um, and there was you know a part of of my previous job was you know that the paper was getting smaller, so we were doing less of that, and you did see the impact that that had on people who were worried they couldn't have you know, their stories or their events included for the community to know about. So there is, you know, it is of the utmost importance to sections of communities. And, I mean, that, that ultimately, that's what the job's for. It's not just, you know, breaking big stories or, you know, the cliches, holding the, holding the powerful to account, that sort of stuff. It's, it's informing and looking after your community, really, being an advocate for them.
3: In your time in local papers, what changes did you see? How tight did it get? How difficult was it to keep things going, or or did you have a pretty cruisy run? Uh,
1: I, you know, it, up and down. I had some very tough times. Where, you know, you sort of think about leaving, but I, as I got a bit sort of more senior in the roles, it did become easier to sort of have that um, have that ability to just tell your editors, "I think this is important for the community. I think we should be writing this story," and they let you go for it with that sort of level of trust that's built, but um yeah it's it, the paper's got smaller, the concentration on online storytelling is now i mean it's probably pretty clear everywhere that that's where organizations are focusing mm-hmm. um, I mean, as Chris said, the paper is still important to people, and for myself, you know, I'm not <clears throat> that deep into the career, but um yeah you know, i I wanted to be a print journalist, I love print journalism, I like writing i like reading something physical in front of me and you know how it all moulds together into it's almost sort of this just this exciting part of the day where you open up the paper and read as much as you've got time for and learn a few new things but it's um it is it's it was difficult but there are i mean even the bigger papers like the addy in Geelong um people might not think it, but they are putting in the effort to try and still find ways to tell those stories and inform the communities that it might not be getting as many clicks as a story about Nadia Bartel. And I mean, those audiences are there for the stories that a lot of people consider aren't worth telling. But they're also the smaller audiences for those stories that the community and smaller sections of the community believe have to be told.
3: It is something a lot of news organisations, including the ABC, I think at times, have struggled with, is the stories that need to be marked because of their, their their interest, what they matter to a community, not necessarily because in an online world they're going to get all the clicks.
1: Yeah. it's a, There's one story that I sort of refer to when when talk about this reasonably often, um, is a, there's... I won't go too deep into it, but there was a story I wrote, a long feature that I was just endlessly proud of um, and still happen to be <laughs> a little bit conceited about it. But, um, you know, it was about institutional abuse and it was a big feature and it was about victims of abuse, um, particularly in schools, revisiting old claims because of a change in legislation. So I got to write this big flowery thing that I felt was extremely important, but the clicks and subscriptions on it were, as in terms of a business sense, weren't, it wasn't worth my time doing it. Um, but later on, because of that, because an important story was put out there, we had more victims of institutional abuse who were coming forward to tell their stories that had never been told and about schools that had never had these claims against them before who were after this story had three or four and and going through the courts. It, It sort of, and from a business sense, those stories, which are a bit more exciting, I suppose, for some readers, which sounds quite perverse, but, um, those stories got heaps of traffic online and subscriptions and all that sort of stuff. And my, my argument was, and still is, if you do the important journalism and you do the stories that need to be told, even if they may not have the audiences, they allow you to do more good journalism afterwards because people see that you're covering an issue which they might have been quiet about. And they decide that they want to tell their story and they want that issue to be heard. So it's um, I think it's a tough, tough balance for... News organizations who do have to concentrate on where the audience the audiences are, with you know smaller newsrooms and less time or whatever, but there is that balance that you have to do the good stories that need to be told, as well as the stories that you know everyone's going to read about, the courts and crime
3: and all that sort of stuff. Harrison something you should be rightfully proud of and thank you Harrison Tippett he's with ABC Melbourne in Geelong a long storied career with regional newspapers and I should just say that Harrison was actually named Rural Press Club Victoria's journalist of the year in 2021 and in 2022 as well Marjorie's called in from North Caulfield Marjorie good morning to you good morning Uh, it strikes
5: me that this is yet another blow to country people and I think the last speaker has put very well the case for the possible subsidy from the government to local newspapers, country newspapers, particularly in the view of the fact that billions, well, or not millions, are being given to various sports, especially tennis, in, which is in, always held, of course, in Melbourne. And I don't think that's appropriate for a country like Australia. There's more than yes. Australia than capital cities, for one thing. And the other one is the withdrawal of government subsidy from the youth orchestra, which, uh, again, is of great importance to people who want to further the musical studies, people who are the same age very often as the junior sportsmen.
3: Who get a lot of money? Yeah, Marjorie, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Where that money goes and and where it can make the most amount of impact. And um, uh, it's grateful that you called in to talk about your support for regional newspapers. One three hundred triple two seven seven four you can also text in on zero four three seven 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 four seven seven four now bruce ellen is a former president of the country press australia he's also the gm across the latrobe valley express gippsland times and the mafra spectator bruce good morning to you good morning We heard from Chris at the Lodden Herald just a little bit earlier talking about being a a one-man band. I'm kind of keen to get a sense of how your papers work in particular, how big the staffing is, how you work across the various mastheads.
6: So, yes, the Travel Express services a population base of about 75,000 people um, and the Gibsstand Times services a population base of about 25,000 people. So we certainly have a a bigger audience uh, than, than Chris's papers do. However, the stories that we tell are no more important um, than what Chris's stories are told to his community. Mm. Um, so we have a, we would have a bigger workforce and employ more, more journalists than Chris, simply because of the size of our circulation areas, and our coverage areas. Um, and, and we've employed multiple journalists across both our all our mastheads um, and importantly most country press newspapers and visfa newspapers employ local journalists who live in their towns they know their towns um, and they're not filing stories from towns that are afar from their local communities they reflect their the local communities because they are part of of their communities.
3: Right, and that matters. I I think I said a bit earlier, it's about people who, you know, the promise of a regional paper is an understanding and an insight to that community that may not be offered elsewhere.
6: Look, there's there's no question. If you look at the number of journalists that um, country newspapers employ um, versus any other medium, including the ABC across Victoria, The numbers are quite incredibly strong and powerful in favour of what country press papers in Victoria and across Australia offer in terms of the content they generate for each of their communities and importantly generate locally and specifically for each of their communities.
3: I had a text in from Sue, which is quite interesting to me. It says, regional and community papers are vitally important to tell the stories of local people, celebrate successes, share their heartbreaks. Thank you very much, Sue. Sue says, my local paper, and I do live in the city, but my local paper, The Leader, is owned by Herald Sun. Um, I'm not willing to subscribe to it. I notice the information gap about what's wi- what's happening in my area. Uh, Bruce, does ownership matter when we talk about regional papers? Look, I, I don't think ownership needs to matter,
6: Um, but I guess different organisations and commercial enterprises are driven by different commercial uh, imperatives. Um, I would submit that um, most country newspapers are driven more by their sense of service to their community Mm. and Mm. their requirement to hold those who are powerful in local communities to account rather than the profit motive whereas you could argue some of the bigger commercial players who have to enter shareholders are probably driven more by a profit motive than a sense of service to community
3: that's an interesting way of looking at it yeah i I can see what you mean that the the focus changes when we talk about that on that regional level we looked a little bit at the models of how they work and, I guess, the viability. And, of course, we spoke to Andrew at the start of the hour um, talking about where we see some maybe potential federal funding coming through. We've also talked to people about getting, I guess, more young journalists excited about working in a regional newspaper space. How difficult is it to attract people from your perspective? Look,
6: we're very fortunate and that we have some absolutely fantastic young journalists who probably take on roles that would normally be considered above what they would be normally able to do. Um, But with the workforce that we have at the moment, uh, we probably have a younger workforce than what we'd normally have. Right. But they're just doing an exceptional job uh, for their communities. And there certainly is some... um, some issues in terms of attracting staff, but we're finding that young people um, are still very interested in a career in journalism, um, depending on the areas that you actually operate in, Um, and those who are interested, um, very engaged and willing to go beyond, above and beyond, uh, to get that story uh, for their communities.
3: Bruce, thank you so much for your time this morning. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate it. Bruce Ellen, uh, GM of the Latrobe Valley Express. Interesting text while we're talking about young journos. JB in Ballarat saying, my nephew Oliver is actually a young ABC journo in Broken Hill, beautiful part of the country, cut his teeth at the Canamble Times newspaper in Western New South Wales. I know that paper well. Um, It's physical and growing its online presence during various crises. It kept community connected and informed. JB saying his work was valuable, but it was also a big learning curve for any journal as they move forward. We've been talking a lot about papers in Victoria, and there was a, a sense from Andrew that um, because of the way the state government has committed to advertising in Victorian regional papers, there's uh, maybe a little more safety, a little more health at play here. Let's get out of Victoria for a second and get some perspective. A couple of years ago, Lucy Peart bought her local paper, the Gilgandra Weekly, in New South Wales' Western Plains region. Then she started adding to her stables of papers right around Western New South Wales. Lucy, good morning. Uh, Thank you. I know you've got kids with you this morning, so thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having me.
3: At the start of last year, it was reported that you were looking to add a fifth Mas- masthead to your to your stable to your run of papers, what's the twelve months since then been like for you and your papers?
4: Ah, oh, look, lots of up and downs um, the past twelve months actually um, in New South Wales particularly. Like you said, we don't uh, enjoy a commitment from the government as wide ranging as Victoria does, so that. I notice, I guess, when you read the VIC papers, um, so well supported by their not only local advertising, but state. And of course, we're obviously at a country press level working on the federal government. Mm. Our our 12 months has been a bit up and down. We've had a lot of staff issues, some challenges. Um, we've been successful in grants, but we haven't got money for that just yet. So we're sort of trying to go through this process of now, like you said, we've gone from a one-paper printing house to a four-paper printing house. We now print six independent titles, four of them we own. So we've had a rapid growth in the past sort of three years since COVID. Yeah, so we're trying to take advantage of that, but also put some, you know, economies of scale in so we can really upscale and, get control of that entity because sometimes I feel when you're in a weekly publication, you can get a bit runaway train with what's happening because (laughs) it's so busy here. And I think that's, you know, going back to those um, comments that Bruce was just saying, you know, we've got a lot of young journalists in our system. We trained the Country Press New South Wales young journalist last year was one of my journalists. So I think there is a really big future in journalism and it's really exciting because you're always very busy.
3: Lucy, certainly before I left the region, you were working with the Guardian's regional team as well and helping to train up um, journalists within that kind of remit. It should be noted that you do your own printing, which is a very different model to many regional papers.
4: Yes, and that comes with its own challenges because, um, as you know, we're, we're not a, you know, we call our print site sort of the working museum. Um, so, we have, a, and we've had a lot of increase of cost, you know, like everything, you know, cost of living, but cost yes. of business has gone up, extremely cost of newsprint, um, you know, freight out of Sydney, huge issues with actually getting supply of newsprint and printing plates and ink and all those things. So, it's not without its challenges.
3: Has that been particularly onerous, the the cost changes? I know from a lot of industries it has been. Has that been the same within printing?
4: Yeah, look, and I think it's very hard for a smaller publication. We Our papers generally range from sort of 16 to 24 pages and, you know, you can't really put your price up too much. We have a lot of people that come in and pay cash and I'm not going to put my newspaper up to some silly cash price where they've got Mm. to give me, you know, three lots of five cents or something. So um, it's very hard to sort of recoup some of those costs. Um, And then obviously there's a big challenge happening for smaller circulation as well where some of the bigger printers it's not going to be viable for them to start printing circulations you know 500 or less than 500 whereas we can do that because we print mono so we're flexible and and that gives us some opportunity to expand and that is really what has led us to expand
3: and lucy i will let you go in a second but very quickly you know you're in gil you print the gilgandra weekly you know the community well what has been the response to having a regular paper
4: Oh, look, our our Gilgandra Weekly is very well-loved and I would say I, I came into this industry as a rookie 10 years ago as the journalist and I would say that this town has given me so much more far and away than I could ever give to it and I run a, you know, a bur- burgeoning social enterprise, really. Um, but the town has embraced the paper, they embrace you, and then every new journalist after you, they also embrace. So it's, it's a great place to, to be a working journalist, especially when you're the one journalist because people get to know you very quickly and you build up a great relationship and a great level of trust with your community.
3: Lucy, thanks so much. Again, I know how busy you are and I really appreciate some insights on that. Lucy Peters, the owner of Gilgandra Newspapers, Um, uh, she took over that paper a few years ago and has been adding to it ever since using that printing model to make it viable for her. And I want to thank everyone who's got in touch to talk about what their local paper means or even where they think their local paper has been letting them down a little bit. It's been a very interesting conversation. And one I've loved. I'd better get out of here. Thank you so much for your time this week. I will be back with you on Monday. We're gonna talk about rent.